All right. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. For Bob Dylan at the Beacon Theater on December 11th, 1995. Anyone got anything? Well, yeah, I mean, this show is stacked. This is going to be another <laughs> it's all instance. Good stuff. This is going to be another instance when we get to the Oh Mercy segment that I'm going to have to stretch and maybe make a devil's advocate argument. Of course. And again, we're going to get to some bad shows. We got to get to some bad shows mm-hmm. to clear the palate because we're just, we're, we're, we're eating like veal and, you know, steak tartare and uh, <laughs> caviar every show. We got to eat some. Uh, uh, you know, White Castle burgers or something at some point. But um, I think we have to start with the Dark Eyes because it is a, again, such a unique song to show up in a Dylan set. And yes. I'm curious to hear what you guys think of it. I, I mean, I love it. And it's interesting how it's essentially Patty singing lead mm-hmm. and Bob coming in to sing backup. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because this is a song that I think has been performed more by other people than by Bob himself. Like, it's been covered a bunch. If you go on setlist.com, the performance is on there. It's usually like by other people. It's not mm. really by Bob. Um, but I don't know. I felt like that lived up to the hype. It's not just that this is a rare song and it's Patti Smith and Bob Dylan together. I, I That is a highlight that lived up to the billing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it uh, it is what made me fall in love with this kind of show and this run in general in the first place, and it is what I'm still in love with here today. Interestingly, I think for a while, you know, just in the midst of all of the endless listening to Bomb that we've done over the last couple of years, I like found myself being kind of down on Dark Eyes for some reason, and thinking that like it had some... It was sort of overappreciated or it had like an over uh, representation because of how it sounds on Empire Burlesque compared to everything else on that record and thinking like, is this song really that good or is it just something that sounds like old Bob Dylan in the midst of a sea of shit that doesn't sound anything like that? But listening to it here in this context with this performance where it's just, it's Bob on the acoustic and I think it's Bucky on a slide guitar, um, which is a beautiful kind of gentle country tone to it. Um, it's like, no, it, it really is that fucking good. Uh, and, um, you know, it, uh, you really can't beat it here. I don't like this version half as much as the record version. Um, wow. not even close. Like, I just don't like it as much. I think the song on the record, it is, uh, 
I, it was never, I don't feel like this song's improved by adding anything to it. It's like um, just an acoustic guitar on the album Empire Burlesque. And I think it's a song that is great enough that any version of it within reason is going to be a standout. Um, I mean, this is special, especially if you happen to be a, a Patti Smith uh, fan. Um, that must be very nice for you to hear this. Um, but it's not a highlight for me on this show. Wow. Despite, I mean, I love that it's included uh, because that's great. But um, no, it's like, I just like it performed straight up. Neat. No no rocks, no chaser. Yeah, I was going to say that I like this version more than the record. And that I was always a little cool on Dark Eyes on Empire Burlesque. And this live version really brought it home for me as a well, great song. Well, I'm and glad it, that that happened for you. Because uh, for both of you, <laughs> that's exactly how I would hope this would work. That like by pulling it out, more people grow to appreciate the song. But uh, I'm going to be uh, that guy and say that uh, I always was pulling for Dark Eyes. I, I was I was in, obsessed with it when we first started uh, when we first talked about it on the pod, low those many years ago. And um, no, it's still great. I mean, this version is still really pretty. It's just like something about that original version feels to me. It's really close to the best things on like Good as I've Been to You or World Gone Wrong. It, it has some of that that intimate quality that I've come to really like revere. Do we want to mention that we're doing a bonus episode mm. of a concert? We're doing a, well, okay. So do we want to say who it is? Cause we picked a, we're going to do a bonus episode where, uh, an artist Someone. that we all love performs this song. We're going yeah. to talk about the entire show. But, uh, the reason why we picked this show is that this artist that we love covered dark eyes and, it was similar to like Bob with this uh, Paradise Lost tour where this artist covered it several times in like about a week's time and then never again. Yeah. So, uh, I'll say that that version, that cover is more like true to the the kind of thing. I really, the version of the song that I tend to want to hear more. Yeah. I mean that cover in our bonus episode, and we're not going to say who it is. It's a mystery artist. Yeah. Um, everyone out there will be happy. It, you know, I mean, I hate it when people say like, oh, I don't, I like people who cover Dylan songs more than the Dylan originals. That always makes me roll my eyes when I hear that. But <laughs> I will say that like hearing, you know, Patti Smith and this mystery artist sing Dark Eyes, it did bring a different level of appreciation for me. And it's not like I didn't like it before. I always liked it. But I think it's a song I probably overlooked a little bit. I didn't yeah. dwell on it as much as I should have. And in the past couple of weeks... I've had a lot of dark eyes time and it's really brought a different level of appreciation of that song. Hearing these two great artists uh, interpret it.
that's something that I've noticed with Bob Dylan specifically is um, sometimes when he's covered, especially covering you know songs that aren't just like ones you know off like the back of your hand, but something like Dark Eyes is a perfect example. It sometimes takes hearing it come from somebody, someone else, for you to really clock the lyrics and really think about how well they work and and how beautifully they're put together. Because sometimes when you just hear Bob rattle off these phrases, it's like he does it so much that it it becomes kind of um, you might get a little numb to it. Uh, but when you hear Patti Smith sing this, I mean, she clearly is like singing it with a lot of feeling, as is the mystery artist. Um, I think this is a song that gets under the skin of other artists. And then when you hear them do it, it's like uh, reaffirming just how masterful uh, it is, as simple as it is. Yeah, I think there's something to that. And Ian, I think, also made a good point earlier that I'm going to piggyback on here where I think when I heard it on Empire Burlesque, I, it almost felt contrived. Like, yes, exactly. Like I'm, like I'm going to do like, you know, I've done this eighties pop sounding record and now I'm going to give you classic Dylan at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think in that context, it felt like, all right, it, it, I don't know. It didn't feel organic. And I'm saying now I've reconsidered that, uh, position because Again, you don't really hear many live versions of, of Dark Eyes. You're used to hearing it in the context of that album. So taking it out of Empire Burlesque and in this new setting, I don't know, just presented it in a different way. And I, I wasn't thinking of it in relation to the other songs on that album. I was just looking at it as a standalone song. On its and own. Yeah, that, exactly. And that, and that made me look at it differently. The record version like, is is almost or can be interpreted. And even judging by what Bob says in Chronicles, which who knows if he, you know, we, we talked about that, and probably not being true down to the letter, but it is possible that he just did write the song at the insistence of Arthur Baker to include a little bit of that classic Bob Dylan sound on there. It only, you know, it can come off, it, it can sound if you're looking at it from the right way as a sop to the fans, you know, as, as, you know, trying to, trying to please people and give them what they want after a whole record full of stuff that doesn't sound like that. And so it's easy to appreciate just on a very surface level because it sounds so different, um, uh, based on, uh, the context in which it occurs. Um, and yeah, and in this context where it does sound like all the other songs, uh, on this set, this beautiful, cool sounding band, like you said, Evan, uh, in the middle of 1995, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this this proves that no, this song really has it. There is something to this thing um, that makes it really special um, uh, and uh, and and worth kind of revisiting in this kind of context. I also wonder, like, what like was this Bob's idea? And he presented it to Patty and said, "Patty, you come out and sing this song for me, and I'll back you up." Or did Patty decide like I want to do this, and like it just kind of worked out the two of them? It's just a really interesting kind of thing. My inkling would be that Patty wanted to sing it, and then it, because it feels like uh, one that she—it sounds like she really. She's very like, well suited for the song. I mean, yeah, there's no, no question about that. And I, I believe, believe she'd already been—I believe she'd already been playing it too. So it, on it her own, had she? Yeah, I—I I, I believe that's the case. So yeah, I think there was some precedent for 